0: And gamers were maturing a bit, right? So when we grew up, games and kind of kids were associated with each other, right? Because all Nintendo and Sega and Sonic and Mario, right? And then all of a sudden it was like, nah, these guys are stealing cars, running over pedestrians, getting rewarded for it, fighting the police, shooting the police, you know. Just all shit's kicking off and it was like, oh, that's a bit different for gaming, so.
1: That was David Jones talking about how Grand Theft Auto really brought ratings to the game industry, very interesting.
2: How, you, how, like, you never think about that, right?
1: Yeah, was he what you were expecting? You know, no. Scottish?
2: No. Like, there's a.
1: I love that act I love the Scottish accent.
2: Really, all the accents over there are great. Yeah. You know what's interesting too is when you go to Europe and you meet other people from other parts of Europe that aren't English speaking that have learned English. They all have British accent.
1: Yeah, you, you know why that is because yeah, the, because they the learned British from... were a bunch of imperial. <laughs> no. They went out and conquered everybody, stole all their stuff, and wait, stuck oh, it in wait. a museum.
2: And now, yeah, everybody,
1: I guess everybody talks like
2: that. <laughs> no, like Alex is like, <laughs> that's what the American Revolution was about. Yeah. So, um, what were we talking about? <laughs>
1: went off the rails super fast. <laughs> we, we got super. <laughs> I think we set a record.
2: Okay, so. Should we start over? I was like, okay. <laughs> start over? All right. all right. Well, if you on.
1: want me to cut something out, you just let me know. You're <laughs> you always telling me not to cut you stuff don't, out. You don't cut it out. All right.
2: So I did not expect. You think, hey, who do you think did Grand Theft Auto? What do you think they're like? You know, And especially, like, number three. And, like, if you meet him and you talk to him, that doesn't even, like, you don't, <laughs> right, Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no, child, I, 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 that's that. Yeah, I had it's... this. I, you know, I think the same
1: thing. I mean, he's he's super smart. He was designing circuits when he was like, you know, nineteen. Early adopter computers and programmer engineer wrote all his games in assembler.
2: Wait, 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 wait don't give everybody the episode.
1: Oh yeah, okay, all right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Just forget I nice, said anything. It's a
2: nice little taste, little little yeah, nugget. I said it's kind of like when you're in the yeah. mini mall and they give you like a little nugget, and you're like, "That's really good." I'm gonna go get some more. That's what that was. <laughs> toothpick. All right. Okay. Okay.
1: Well, you know, we were talking earlier, and I was telling you it's a little lonely in the house right now because Laura's traveling. Oh. My son got his driver's license, and he's like, "Dad, can I take the car?" And he's out. I don't even know where he is, and. I dropped the dog off at the sitter because uh, I'm uh, I'm leaving town. So nobody's like oh, – Usually I got somebody hanging out in the
2: office with me all alone. You could get an AI friend now. <laughs> yeah. You know what else you could do with the AI friend? This is cool. You oh, could say oh, – You could give it our right chats. You could give it our chats. You could yeah? give it my voice because you have enough oh, recordings. No. You could make a little Aaron AI friend. Oh, you know? wait, 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 <laughs> wait. wait. Could, I, could I just record with – that you could probably take like i think it's like a minute or something three minutes you need uh-huh. I've, I've heard some, i heard a commercial the other day i got hours of you buddy that's what the that's what the writer strike
1: is all about that's what the writer strike is all about it's like you didn't sign a contract so i guess i could replace you with an ai are you serious you could replace me with an ai I don't know. Maybe you can. I don't know what
2: this strike is about. I really don't.
1: Well, that's part of it. I have no idea. I just know that there's a big part of it is how the economics are evolving. Uh, yeah, in, the streaming it is. What I but heard. part of it, part of it is digital rights.
2: And streaming isn't surfaced. Apparently, I was watching this guy do a commentary on the current state of affairs of of the movies, and he's a nerd. You know, he complains about like this movie's not that cool. It could have been cooler. That kind of thing. You know. Mm-hmm. And I just mm-hmm. had it on the background like, And he was talking about the of strike and how some of it is related to streaming because streaming isn't making enough money. And they're not showing people that it's not making enough money. Like they're not really revealing the, uh, the, like the right. numbers. They're not
1: sharing the numbers. Yeah.
2: Like they share box office, right? Like, man, that right. man made $4 billion. Whoa. Yeah. And everyone's like, y'all want to cut? so you're so so what you, so you're alone are you watching any shows or anything
1: you know what i do so this is what i do when i when, I, when i'm home alone i clean the house i put shit away i straight because no it never happens when everybody's here <laughs> they're gonna listen to this episode i'm gonna make them listen to this episode too so they hear me say that <laughs> that's good and they're gonna be like i heard what you said you, I'm gonna be like yeah you should clean your stuff up that's <laughs> i told room. the whole world i told the whole world yeah,
2: do the podcast yes it's, uh we're getting some uh, some props kind of nice seeing that. Really? We, did me. we get a prep? You told me. you like someone... Like, also, by the way, before we started recording this, we recorded another thing that I didn't think we would record. So I said some inappropriate things that should never be released in the <laughs> human race. And Alex was saying he drinks... He drank 20 LaCroix today. <laughs> I, I
1: did. That's another thing that happens when I'm left alone, is I just I pound the, the LaCroix. <laughs> I don't know why.
2: That's awesome.
1: You could like, yeah. if Laura's gone, I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I guess so. Well, you, I think you maybe are right because we share these. And so oh. I kind of meter my intake. But I don't have to save anything for anybody. I could just go to town. So I'm well hydrated. <laughs>
2: with, with carby water.
1: Shall we get to our conversation with, yeah, let's get to it. with David Jones? Let's get
2: to it. This is a good one.
1: It is. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Man, what a cool dude. Great really and like a great it. story. He might be our first guest who came up and worked in the the UK game dev scene because we were talking about that. Mm, that it's kind, of, kind of different. Stop vibe. telling
2: everybody the episode, dude. All right, fine. Hey, I'll beat that. I'll that. <laughs> no, right. Hope you, you enjoy gotta... <laughs> our conversation
1: with David Jones, and we'll see you on the other side. All right, well, let's talk about keyboards. You okay. know, I love a good mechanical keyboard. I got a chance to uh, go. Well, over hold and on, the no, guys no, 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 Spike
2: You were going to send me one. What? You were going to send me That's how the conversation <laughs> started. You thought... Listen,
1: if you want to get yourself a keyboard, you could win one, right? Yeah, you should be following the fourth curtain. You should be on our Discord because we're giving away a high ground, high performance keyboard. These things are fantastic. Go visit highground.co check out what they've got going on over there in fact and they sell out discount code for you they do they do these drops they sell out. They do have a section on their site for always available, and those are super cool, too. Fourth Curtain 10, that's the code. Get you 10% off over at High Ground. They ha- they handed it to me, this keyboard, and I almost dropped it because it's so solid. It's so heavy. <laughs> it's yeah. Awesome. They're a great partner. Go head over to their website. Use the discount code to get a 10% off, and we're giving one away, too, so follow our Twitter at Fourth Curtain uh, for details on how to win yourself a High Ground Keyboard. Hey, everybody. This week, we are joined by industry legend, literal legend, David Jones. If you're not familiar with the name, I know you're familiar with the games. Aaron, that rhyme was for you. Let's start with the little one. Was it for me? Grand Theft Auto. The OG one, though. OG. Well, the OG one is one of my all-time favorites, Lemmings. I remember when that came out on the Mac. Did you know that that came out on the Mac? I'm sure you know that came out on the Mac, David, but that was... uh, that was a favorite of mine.
0: We actually had to do it for 20 different formats back in those years. Oh my. Wow. Oh my I, gosh. I, I, I can even remember them all. That's how uh, <laughs> That's how painful those few years were. Wow. There was, do you remember 3DO? Yeah, 3DO.
2: Oh, 3DO. <laughs> was there a version for 3DO? Yeah. Uh, Atari Lynx, oh, wow. Atari
0: ST, the Jaguar too. Game Boy, NES, SNES, PC Engine, uh, Game Gear, Master System, Genesis, Sinclair Spectrum. Sony PlayStation, Acorn Archimedes. I don't know if you guys ever had that machine. That was a <laughs> no, machine. never heard
1: of that one. Was that actually, uh, was that real? <laughs>
0: that was a very cool system. It was actually built for by the BBC for a BBC really? program. So they actually built a sp- an actual own machine to teach people programming when the BBC first did like a, hey, here's what huh. computers are about. And his, they actually invented their own machine. Just for that T V series and it was a really wow. good machine. Yeah.
1: And that was a, it called, Acorn Archimedes.
0: Acorn Archimedes. Huh. The the biggest claim to fame was it was what David Braben's Elite was first written for.
1: Huh. I do want to talk about like the game dev scene in, in the UK, mm-hmm. but I haven't even gotten halfway through your intro yet. <laughs> and <laughs> <I just started laughs> since since you were brought up all of those crazy systems, I think I may have one on you. I don't know. Um, okay. Did we ever hear of the Pippin, which was <laughs> Bondi Namco's? It was like uh, it was the Macintosh. They took the Mac Mac architecture and they put and it in a console. Too. Oh, I did not released in there. You I, go released in Japan. It was out for a hot minute. We did a version of Marathon for that. There you go. But yeah, so we didn't even mention Crackdown. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite games. Mm-hmm. And then your most recent venture? Oh, actually, I don't even know if it's your most recent venture, but CloudGen, is it called mm-hmm. Cloud CloudGen or cloud gene I'm guessing. No, CloudGen, cloud you were right.
0: right. Like Cloud Engine. Cloud oh, Engine, that's what I figured.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that got bought by Epic. And so that's is right. that why you're vacationing in Raleigh, North Carolina, I'm guessing?
0: Yeah. Um and so I spent five years on Fortnite as well just recently. Yeah. So that was uh <laughs> yeah. that was a very interesting five years as you could imagine being at Epic as well. Yeah. It's been
1: great. I I, I could imagine. Wow. wow. Yeah. Wow, that must have been pretty
2: good <laughs> yeah,
1: it, was, it, was a, it was a wild five years, probably the the craziest
0: five years they ever had, and certainly one of the craziest five years i've ever had
2: well what when, when did uh, you go in on Epi- on the fortnite stuff like
0: uh it literally just after the launch of of Battle Royale. Um. Oh, really? so yeah, it was I think it came out just over five years ago, and we we were acquired just as that was starting to take off to to try and you know help with that
2: basically so wow, that's so, yeah. a culture game there. That and GTA. So yes. Three, three, and Lemmings yeah. too. Like, you're defining culture, Dave. What do you uh, prefer, Dave or you? Uh, Dave. Dave's good. Okay. Yeah, I prefer Dave.
1: All right. Well, hold on. Let's rewind a bit. So mm-hmm. DMA started, was that in the 90s?
0: 1987? I believe it was, yeah, nineteen eighty seven. When I was when I was a student, yes, still at, still at university. In Scotland.
1: In Scotland. That was the year I graduated high school, nineteen eighty seven. A lot of good bands out around back then.
0: Oh, I love the eighties. Great, great, great. That's why Vice City was so good, right? It
2: was like all eighties. Oh right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's so right. true. That was, like, the colors in that game, too, really. Oh, yeah, that was the just... Fact that they uh, went. So wait, so what, what was your involvement in the post-OG uh, GTAs? Like, you did you did the OG one. And uh one, two and three,
0: and then I, I I left just as we were finishing three, so...
2: After that, you did Crackdown? Crackdown, that's right. And why did you do uh, Crackdown? Did you do Crackdown because cause it's the complete opposite of GTA, right? Like, you're the you're a hero. Uh, a that's
0: true. It, it is, yeah. yeah. And that was for Microsoft, right? So they went really... Two into. Yeah, we'd like to be the hero of being the Sopranos. Bad
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we want to be the cop in the Sopranos. Uh, uh, yeah, the so, yeah. So, yeah.
0: They, they, so, they weren't quite as um, as risky, you know, and gung ho as, say, well, the original publisher for GTA was actually BMG, Birdlesman Group. Yeah. Uh, when we first right. when we first did it, remember yeah. that. Um, they just got out of gaming at the wrong time.
1: Was that Sam Hauser? Was Sam Hauser running BMG? Then?
0: No, he wasn't. He no. wasn't there when, when when we signed GTA. He he came on. He came on the scene later. Um, okay. At BMG okay. in London.
2: Wait, was BMG the company where you would you they would give you one CD for free, but you had to buy ten CDs? That's that's correct. They they used to run yeah. programs like <laughs> I that. that. You, you remember, right? That's yeah, right. that was the <laughs> best way to get music in the nineties. <laughs> You know, because yes. you just get like these free CDs, and then like, yeah, <laughs> crazy. Okay, and they they were a the big, big one. publisher in music,
0: you know. So yeah, they had yeah. bands like Take That, which is a big UK band. They had a lot of big UK and European toys. bands sling to them. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, so DMA started in eighty seven. Eighty seven, and I've met, I've met a lot of developers who came up in, through the UK or grew up in the mm-hmm. UK, or you know, and it, it the the scene seems a little different there. But what what is it like? What was it like in the eighties, nineties? Who else was making games? Like, were you hanging out? Like, were there, was there game industry events and stuff?
0: Yes, yes, yes to yes to all of those. Uh, yes to all of those. It was it was quite different from the US scene. It was it was kind of strange that right. It was it was very different. But I think because because we had Sir Clive Sinclair who came out in nineteen eighty with like the first ever affordable home PC which is probably around the TRS-80 days for you guys. in the U- I mean, there was, you know, in those early days, the, it was quite yeah. local, really, the, the markets and what was, being, what was being sold because they could only realistically make enough to supply their own domestic markets is, is how yeah. I think it really happened.
1: Well, was the Apple II popular in the UK or no? N- no, it,
0: it, it came into schools, initially into schools, but that was about it. It was never popular as a home machine, far too expensive in the UK probably because of import fees and everything and shipping so what really took off because it was so affordable was the sinclair computer zx80 zx81 and then the big one the zx spectrum you know that that was the big one that was like you either bought a zx spectrum you know or you bought a commodore 64 you know so though that -hmm. was the wars Mm -hmm. because even that became (laughs) rivalry between friends you know who was buying what for what reason so but the zx spectrum was a huge seller in the uk and that really defined i believe you know the the uk you know scene in terms of programming
1: can i just translate real quick mm-hmm. zx z80 that's we would call that's, that the z80 here the z80 that's right <laughs> you, you translate for me thank you <laughs> okay uh, so so did you have one like grown up did you have a? well
0: funny story did really I had one i i used to work on them so i'll go back a little bit so um there was a big company u.s company called timex corporation it used to make watches i, I don't oh, know yeah. if you guys i, I have a timex right now well, i, ha- well, I had go. a time i don't have it I anymore. is it. it on your wrist <laughs> Aaron?
2: is it on your wrist <laughs> no it's i just wore it yesterday i don't wear it but it's the i'll get it it's the t80 i think it's called
1: is it the one with the calculator
2: no no it's the one that every nerd wears you know, and it lasts forever, <laughs> and it costs sixteen dollars, and it's the same model. I think it's called a T80, T eighty, T three. Yeah,
1: But did time, the Timex own or buy Sinclair?
0: So, so what happened was um, in Dundee, Timex were a huge company. They had a manufacturing facility here where I live, um, and they employed about two to three thousand people. So, I mean, it was uh, making you know watches, and and Timex actually used to uh, make. Um, anything electronic slash mechanical for other companies as well. So when Sir Clive Sinclair wanted to, to start making these computers designed, it actually fell to Timex Corporation in Dundee to make them. So mm. I was so lucky that I managed to get straight from school an, apprentice, an electronics apprenticeship. You know, it was back in the time when companies used to take you on people from school and you know train you up for a couple of years. Um in time, it's corporation. So I was actually, you know, um, an electronics engineer working on, you know, ZX, ZX, eighty-based, uh, <laughs> you know, machines um, that that Sinclair was making. So I was in R&D wow. and uh, uh, working on those machines. You know, back in the very early eighties, nineteen eighty, I joined them. What were you doing? Yes. I was doing I I was doing hardware. So I was doing things like doing research and development on things like you know they had their own little range of inkjet thermal printers, and then they had their their, their version of a uh, floppy drive, which is called the MicroDrive, it was tape-based. Uh, <laughs> they brought out, like, networking RS-232 systems and stuff. So they were doing kind of cutting-edge stuff, which is kind of cool, but all at really, really affordable prices. So I was kind of doing R&D um, electrical engineering circuit design on those.
1: Back then, circuit design, were you doing it on paper? Or did uh, you have a CAD system kind of thing where you, it, you could design it on... I don't know what. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you, you, we could we could design it on very early
0: PCs back then, I, and okay. yes, there were there were typical I can't remember there were typical CAD design programs. You know, you, you you printed out effectively, you know, your actual you know circuit tracks and everything, and then we had an etching facility. You know, so you literally oh, you wow. went in with your with your copper PCB boards etched out. You know, soldered in your your CPUs and stuff and memory and stuff and made little you know. That's boards. amazing.
1: You know, I. People coming up these days, like when they learn about computers, they learn to program. They learn to like work on software, work on games. I, I mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I was having this conversation with uh, it might have been Randy Pitchford hmm. about you don't get that no. level of detail anymore. Oh yeah, yeah
2: that was that combo. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: and that was for me. Like in college, I I took a class on machine architecture, and it, it was so I found it to be so fundamental in opening my. Just a better understanding of, Thought like, hey, helps. when I write software, there's actually something physical happening in they're here. They're doing
2: that again, though. It's coming back. Like, uh, we just bought my daughter. Um, she's really into math and stuff. And she's, like, six. And Jay has it as well for his kid. They have these little toys you can buy now that teach you that kind of, like, programming, you know? And you build mm-hmm. you build the circuits. But they're toys. It's like a train. And then it, yeah. like, you know, so they're kinda of trying That's to cool. teach it in uh-huh. the same way. Yeah. Cool. logic is
0: yeah, it's you're right, it gives you great, great understanding, you know, fundamentally. Everything down to, you know, when when you want to save, you know, machine cycles and when memory was just so so
1: precious you know and, <laughs> one terabyte oh yeah not, no one
2: kilobyte. sorry one kilobyte. yes yeah <laughs> I said the wrong bite
1: you can't do anything with one kilobyte anymore no. but um all right so you're so you're working at timex and uh uh they, they paid you by giving you a free computer is that what happened uh, basically, yeah. Well, they, well, they used to. <laughs> what?
2: That's insane. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> well, we used to make them, right? They were just like just everywhere, you know. So it, it was never a, a difficult, you know, thing to get. You know, as many machines as you wanted. So um really? so yeah so in dundee everybody had spectrums i mean there was computer clubs we used to go to in the evenings you know absolutely everybody you know That's and, and awesome. mostly in the uk as well it was like it was such such an iconic machine you know in the uk the, the sinclair spectrum
2: and what year was that so that came in, in 83 i was gonna say in 87 or so i had a computer too i had a tandy 1000 mm-hmm. and i was the only kid in the neighborhood that had a computer it was like oh, maybe right, like one. Okay. I, I had to, I had to go to another neighborhood to like to, uh-huh. to just think that everybody has computers in eighty three and one time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tandy one thousand. That that must have been like a sequel to the TRS eighty or something, right? The Tandy one thousand. It was yeah, a radio. Tandy shack was Radio shack. shack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't right. know. That's right.
2: It came that's with a right. game. It came with Sham Shamus. I think it was called Shamus. How much memory did huh. that have? It was it was not enough I remember every time no. I got yeah I, I couldn't play paperboy I couldn't play anything <laughs> whatever the, yeah it was it came it, whatever it came with was never enough <laughs> yeah. they had to upgrade
1: so the sinclair were you writing code too like basic? yeah so what I was, was
2: uh,
0: no I, I, I cut my teeth Assemb- on assembly so yeah okay. and I have mm-hmm. to say my entire programming life was only ever an assembler as soon as high-level languages came out I went no, nah, I'm done <laughs> wow. That's all my games were, were 100% design. assembler
1: so. Okay, talk about OG hardcore.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And no more programming. No more programming. Honestly, when when you know C came out and and you know people started to do stuff in C for gaming, I was like, yeah, it's probably a good time for me to uh focus on design <laughs> and <laughs> let all these new young kids, you know, go for the high level stuff.
1: I was just I was yeah. just too low level. All right, so 87 DMA, you start DMA um what was the first game? The first game was not Lemmings. There was no,
0: it wasn't. So, when I, when I left Timex, and I actually because I love software, but I was a hardware guy, I, I thought I could never get a job as in a, a software engineer because I didn't have a degree. My degree was in hardware, right? So, back in those days, your degree was everything. So, I thought oh, I'm going to have to go back to school, which <laughs> once you've been working and have a wage is always a hard thing to think about, right? I got to be like a mature student. But I really want, I love software. So I left Timex and said, well, I'll go back to university, you know, a few years later than I should have done and do my software degree. And at that time, there was this new machine in the US just launched called the Commodore Amiga. Mm -hmm. And I remember Mm -hmm. seeing the very original bouncing ball demo, you know, on the Commodore Amiga. And I thought, this is, you know, absolutely stunning, amazing. This machine is the future. But they weren't available in the UK again. Usual thing, like I said before. So I actually had to import one, you know, from the US, an Amiga One Thousand when they first launched. And luckily, I got that just as I was starting my degree. So I thought, great, I'll do my degree. And to be honest, the, the programming side was fairly easy for me because I'd self-taught anyway. So I had plenty of time to to play around with the Amiga. And and while I was a student, I wrote my first game, and that was a game called Menace on the Amiga, which came out, I think, in '88. So so yeah, I cut my teeth on the Amiga and assembler again, and uh, did a side-scrolling shoot 'em up, which was the the standard thing in in the arcades those days. That's where I drew my first inspiration from. I thought, well, I'll try and do a side-scrolling shoot 'em up, and
2: and that was that one. Was it the Commodore 64? Because I never called it a Commodore. Or is that a different one? That
0: was a different one. So this this was the successor to the Commodore 64. Okay. The, 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 yeah, the Commodore Amiga. Yeah. This was 68,000 based. So this was the first 16-bit, 4,096 colors, stereo 16-bit sound. I mean, it was, you know, it was like all singing, all dancing at, at that time. Yeah, I remember cool. the
2: 64. Those came with a lot of peripherals you could get, right? Like, mm. I think they would hook up to your phone. You could, yep. like, download the game via the phone or something. Phone,
0: Yeah. Had a lot of, like would really? plug in. Yeah, you would Commodore, actually. That's Commodore pretty pushed high a lot tech for
2: back that. then. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. put the phone onto the <laughs> thing and the coupler. The yeah, yeah, Onto The coupler. <laughs> and you know, it was like, right. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was That's really it. cool. And it had a taped, an actual tape deck you could get too, where you would put a cassette tape in. I think
0: it was cassette. It had a dedicated, you know, branded cassette deck, whereas the Spectrum you just. You just got your normal cassette deck. You played your music off, right? It wasn't anything special. Whereas Commodore actually brought out a data cassette. It was just branded. <laughs> I'm sure it was the same thing in the box, right? But it really was just a, you know, an audio cassette player. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 scene was pretty pretty busy back then. I mean, like I said, I mean there there was shows. There was a big one in London every year, the Personal Computer World Show, and um, there were there were guys like oh, let me think. David Braben, you know, he he was he was big back in those days doing Elite. The Bitmap Brothers, they were they were a company doing great mm-hmm. games back then. Um, the Bit- Peter Molyneux, Peter Molyneux, obviously, I was inspired yeah. by some of Peter Molyneux stuff. Jeff Crammond, he was it, he was doing was great. Bo- games.
1: Bullfrog, uh, sort of around the same time. Yeah, so us and
0: Bullfrog were probably that time the big the big kind of UK studios that you know, um, I, and the biggest one actually was Ultimate Play the Game, which became rare. So, okay. you know, uh, you know so, so Rare who did Donkey Kong and, you know. and Killer yeah. Instinct. Yeah. Killer Instinct, Perfect Dark, uh, the, the, the James Bond Conquers games. Conker's Bad
1: Fur Day. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Don't leave that one so, out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were probably the seminal. The seminal studio was um, Rare, but they were called Ultimate back in the day. They changed their name. It was a great scene, a vibrant scene, you know. Um, and the, um, the publishing scene was companies like Ocean. We were pretty big back then. and and the one I signed with for my first game which was Psygnosis, who you oh, know were the pretty out- well right. Yeah. yes that's right. The out- that's, that's right the one. derby that's right the wipeout yeah yeah wipeout yeah yeah they were that big game in 16 is so bit good.
1: yeah did Psygnosis end up becoming part of sony
0: that's right so when when sony decided to launch the PlayStation um, the very first original one. They didn't really really have a lot of experience in gaming, right? This was they were more electronics right. companies. So so basically, they bought Cygnosis to be the publishing arm for this new Sony machine, you know. So I remember seeing those for the very first time when they were still big, huge, you know, water cooled boxes down down at Yeah. <laughs> you know?
1: Okay, well, so DMA. Eventually, you make Grand Theft Auto. Did you have okay. any idea then that it would? Grow mm, and no. become the like eventually the best selling game of all time ever Wait, which one <laughs> <laughs> is the top down yeah just the, fra- just the franchise in general, but yeah you can't you can't ever know right
0: no yes, exactly, you can never know right I mean that was my what did I do games before that uh yeah, I mean i did uh, those lemmings was big right I mean that was big for us, kept us busy for many many years. You know, but I did other smaller games in between, games like Walker and Hired Guns. So so no, you're always just you're never quite sure, right? Obviously you you make something I always make games I just enjoy to play myself, that was always a thing, you know. And so no, until it really started to catch fire, you know, it was like, No, we've no idea how big this one will be. You know, will it even be a success? So no, didn't think it'd be that big.
1: When did you first go, Huh, this is blown <laughs> up? Uh, he's like
2: sitting in a pile of money. And he's like <laughs> he's like wiping some sweat off with of like a you know like a hundred dollar bill. I mean, this is working out.
0: No, it, it was a combination of things. I mean, there's always a combination of effects right? Right place, right time, right product. It's never just. It wasn't just the game. BMG, who were the publisher back in those days, they were actually pretty smart, right? Because they came from a music publishing background, so they actually did some what I would call you know very forward thinking ideas when it came to marketing the game because they weren't thinking like a traditional games publisher you know so they were mm-hmm. really thinking about mm, more mature audiences bigger audiences you know so they were really supportive when we really wanted to push the boundary a little bit in terms of the content in the game and they were like, yeah, just go for it. You know, hey, you know, we we, we produce some work with, you know, rock bands. And believe me, when these guys go crazy sometimes, you know, we're the ones that have to <laughs> deal with it in the background. But honestly, most of the time it actually helps, right? So they were saying, don't worry about it. And, and they even said, you know, in some respects, tell you what, we'll even stir the pot a little bit, right? And, and, and I wasn't sure what they meant by that. But they brought in um, this marketing guru from the 80s and 90s called Max Clifford. And... Um, and I remember meeting the guy, you know, and we, we showed him the game, we are playing the game, and he goes, oh, no, this, this is pretty interesting. He goes, he says, I've got some material here I can work with. He says, so this is what will happen, he said. And I still remember the meeting, he says, I'll go away, I'll say these three things, right, which are, he said, that, that'll get a few people's attention who don't like to hear these kind of things. And then the next thing will be picked up by, you know, X, Y, and Z, and the X, Y, and Z report on it, and within five to seven days, you'll probably be on TV, I was like, <laughs> okay, whatever, if you say so. Go, go and, for it, Max. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, go for it, right, and, and we'll, we'll roll with it. And I honestly I swear to God, seven days later, we had an hour on primetime breakfast morning TV because oh the gosh. parliament in the UK the previous day had a session saying they needed to ban this game in the UK because it was just going to be the downfall of society if this game is not banned, right? So, I mean, wow. you couldn't.
2: You couldn't wish for stuff like that. I was right? just looking up some of the posters and stuff. So this was yeah. in magazine ads and stuff when they were like the crazy, the yeah. uh, like edgy posters. Yeah. yeah,
0: super edgy, you know, and they, they were really pushing the angle. But like I said, because they're a music publisher, they were just, they were thinking different, you know. And And yeah. gamers were maturing a bit, right? So when we grew up, Games and kind of kids were associated with each other, right? Because all Nintendo and Sega and Sonic and Mario, right? And then all of a sudden it was like, nah, these guys are stealing cars, running over pedestrians, getting rewarded for it, fighting the police, shooting the police, you know. Just all shit's kicking off. And it was like, oh, that's a bit different for gaming. So, <laughs> I, And I think it was probably the thing that I actually pushed, it was the first game really that, in a good way, pushed us to have ratings in games in the UK. Right, which mm-hmm. up until that point had never been a thing. So in, in some respects, it probably needed to do it. It wouldn't have done at some point, just you know. So it was kind of it's a bit of a catalyst, I think, for for yeah. a lot of things to do with, with with gaming.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. I th- I think uh, a lot of people who didn't grow up with games assume that gaming is a a pastime for children, mm-hmm. but you know it it can be. But it can be yeah. so much more than that. Yep. Uh, just like in film fair. or other media, there's there's so much that we as an industry can create that's interesting and mature and and all that kind of stuff. So I, I didn't realize that, that the importance of ratings to underscore that you know this kind of content is is for everyone, but some of it's not for everyone. <laughs> some of it's <laughs> for yeah, you know, is for uh you know mature yeah. audiences or mature whatever. Versus, so that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, the first one came out with no rating because there were no ratings, huh?
0: That That's right, yeah. And, and actually, we voluntarily did it as well. We tried, we, t- we did try to be, you know, think about things like that as well. It's like, well, they're definitely going to. We say, well, you know, and and music had just been through the same thing. CDs had now started to say, you know, parental advisory for lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. Trying, trying to just make sure parents understood that, you know, when they're buying something. They at least, you know, we were trying to inform them that you may want to read yeah. about this and maybe I, have a look at it before yeah, you buy it. I think that the music
1: industry probably thinks of that label, the parental advisory, which it is sort of them. like the way that P&G thinks about like new and improved. You know, it's like, oh, this yeah. is good. We got to put this on the phone. It's like, phones.
2: get the ones that say, <laughs> don't listen to this. Yeah, In Texas, we have signs that say the worst barbecue. And, that's, <laughs> because, and everyone's like, well, that's obviously the best one. Let's yeah. go there. Oh you guys are so cynical. No, no, no. Of course they
0: Of course they wouldn't do it for for personal gain.
1: All right, well so when did GTA go like 3D?
0: Uh with 3. So 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 3, three. was 3D, which is the one I think we started that in around about 98 we started development in that. So um we we spun up. We we had a team that was just coming off of a, an N64 game we did called Silicon Valley, uh, Space Station Silicon Valley. So they were a good team. They were experienced with 3D. It was the first time actually we split the company into two. You know, so we had one one team working on you know the core game on, on two and stuff, and then we started another team because we thought we, these guys are going to need a break, and we you know they didn't have a lot of 3D experience, so it was perfect timing. We had a team, really good
2: team, ready to go. So we um, we put them onto GTA 3. The first day I played that game. I almost ran a red light the first day I was in real, playing life. All, yeah, in real life I was playing it all day and I had to go pick somebody up so I put the controller down got in my car and I was driving and the light turned red and I just kept driving because <laughs> like in the game you know what, you know what I mean like I was like whoa slow down really stop yeah. really is that that's a true story you're not just making that up <laughs> it is a true story it's it, no it's true it was in Chicago I remember it it was a train it was a train light anyways I was really immersed in the game like like I don't think I would played that long for you know, and I, what I was doing, I was trying to get out of a I can't remember whatever you died come out of that courthouse. Oh yeah, the cops kept coming. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, I did, can't turn the cops off. You did not drop your wanted level. That's right. Yeah, I think you should, <laughs> yeah that's,
0: you should that's right. That.
1: That's <laughs> right. That's right. I Maybe. I um I don't know if you ever had a, a moment like this, Dave, but like I remember, it must have been in '94. We were working on Marathon and we had put in um I've, I've talked about this before i think once but you put in these civilians in the game uh, mm-hmm. and you could you could shoot the civilians there's no right. incentive to or whatever mm. it, and it was it was a little comical cuz they were running around like completely terrified of the aliens that were going to kill them and you know they get in your way and just, you just know, right. mow through everything just, you know and yeah. i remember when i when i first got the demo of that when i first saw it when i hey check this out you know and this guy going by and it was like oh cool they're running around and then you know blam 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 i was like i was like, oh Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what am I supposed to think about that? Um, That's exactly just, right, yeah. Yeah, and i just kind of wondering if you had a moment like that where it's like, you were like, huh, what, am I, what do I think about that? Because you probably had many more moments sort of like that throughout the, I'm we,
0: guessing, we, the, we the did. GTA. And originally in GTA, I mean, the very original code name for the game was Race and Chase, because actually you could play the cops so you could actually play when we when we first doing you know some prototypes um you could play both the cops or or you know other bad guys um um but you know after a couple of months it was like yeah, playing the cops is so boring right it's like it's like <laughs> You, you, you're trying to chase people, right? And trying to do that, and try to keep within the confines of the law as a as a as a cop. Effectively, is like, oh, I I can't run the red lights really, even my
2: lights on. You can fix that, though. Yeah, you know, you can have a line of the game where it's like, all right, Ted, we got to get him. Anything goes. Anything <laughs> okay, Goes and he, you know, he puts the badge on the <laughs> table. <laughs> but, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm just like, no, no, you could do. <laughs> I've seen enough Hollywood movies where they like, you know. <laughs> like lethal weapon.
0: Right. Exactly. But you, <laughs> yeah. you, you can't do what they do in the movies, right? When it's like, well, the fastest way to get this guy as a cop is to drive down maybe, you know, the sidewalk, for example, because the streets are blocked, right? right? And in the movies, everybody jumps out your way, like, magically, <laughs> right? <so> <laughs> that's, that's so right? It's like, that's how they... Yeah. For us, it was like, yeah, it's just too much stuff and you're going yeah. too fast like we just can't make them mad go right? it's like that's right. screw it just run them run them over right it's like well as a cop that's like but as a bad guy it was freaking awesome right it was like oh <laughs> and, and you didn't feel quite so bad because you're the bad guy right so we had so many moments where it was like 10 times more fun just to play the bad guy it was like now nah, we're just going to ditch the cops thing and we're just going to go to the dark side 100 percent and just just embrace it right um and like I said, and that's where, you know, BMG were like, yeah, just go for it. I mean, games are maturing. We're, we can live with, you know, a game that's 18 plus And we all want to play that game as well, right? So all uh, oh, the the publishing guys are saying the same thing. So once we got into that mindset of, you know, nothing's off the table as such, then honestly it was like, but it was all tongue-in-cheek. I mean, it it really was tongue-in-cheek. You know, we tried to make it just, you know, dark comedy as such, you know, and... And just by embracing that, the game just became so, so much more fun, and then we started to think of creative ways you can <laughs> take people out, right and and recognising that and bonuses for it, you know and um, I, I remember the funniest one was, um, we have Hare Krishnas in the game, I don't know if you ever saw that, but you could be driving along the street and it was quite random, it was quite rare to see, but there was a line of like ten Hare Krishnas, and they're all in their pink robes, and they're all playing music and tambourines and everything, you know, and it was like and we thought, well, if we're going to upset anybody, in case there's any blowback, those are the nicest people in the world, right? So, they might get upset, but they probably wouldn't say much about it, or too much about it, so... (laughs) And there, were, there was a great Garanga bonus if you took out, you know, the whole line of the Hare Krishnas, you know. All. <laughs>
2: what? Uh, yeah and, di- and did you did you get No, in trouble for that? Hey, hey honestly, it came <laughs> no, up the screen,
0: Dave. bigger Garanga bonus, 10x,
2: you know, if you took oh out every goodness. Hare Krishna,
0: uh, you know, in the line. And uh, yeah. So, so
2: I have a theory that that's why you did Crackdown. I was talking to Alex about it. I was like, maybe he did Crackdown. Because of that, because it's to repent. To repent. Because I Led loved Mayhem. Crackdown, dude. I was working with you, Alex, at the time, and I'd leave work, go back to my my hotel, and just sit there and play Crackdown. I bought a TV and put it in uh, the room just so yeah. I could play. Crackdown. The orb
0: sound, right? That was uh, I, I, that orb sound is still on my phone as my. Uh, oh really? Oh, no. When I get uh, yeah, as as, as my uh, text ringtone. Alert. Yeah. No text text messages. It's it's the yeah, org. It's okay. very sad. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> so is that what crackdown uh,
2: is? Like Well
0: uh I mean Mike, Microsoft loved what we did with um you know when they were looking for titles for Xbox. They loved what we did with, with, with GTA in terms of just open free form sandbox play, which is really what defined, you know, GTA as well. So yeah, I mean obviously there was the mature content side of it, but ultimately it was a sandbox and there were very few I think, you know, games that really pushed sandbox play.
2: Yeah, that was like the defining title, right, to GTA 3? Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, all the GTAs were, we tried to make them as, you know, no linear paths
2: whatsoever was, you know, was the design goal. Yeah, you um, could be a taxi driver too, I remember that. I'd get into the cab and, like, get a job, and I'd just start mm-hmm. driving people around. Yeah. I did that I, for a I while. Literally, I literally, was like, I'm just driving. <laughs> just just to do. Just well, fun. well,
0: to... To, to clean the map and to advance to the, you know, to open up the next map, it, the goal was as simple as I think it was um, earn ten million dollars, um, and that was it, right? That was it, earn ten million dollars. How you did it, we didn't care. Now, the fastest way was probably to keep doing the actual missions that were fed to you, right. um, but even they were just fed through phone boxes, so w- it was very, very, you know, simple to pick up a mission. But if you wanted to, and you just wanted to like spend forty hours, and all you ever wanted to do was just run around and mow people down and steal cars and sell them and do no missions whatsoever you could still you know effectively meet the goal to open up you know the next map in, in 10 years yeah you know yeah if, take- if you just want to be a low-level <laughs> <laughs> guy right with no <laughs> no grinding. big jobs
2: just grind it right yeah. you you absolutely <laughs> Alex, <could laughs> grind did you just it. crack a beer what was that sound did you just <laughs> crack was, a beer no you're like it's a cold it's one. A LaCroix. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're talking about it's a- gta Cracker cold <laughs> that's right <one." laughs> i gotta throw one back guys
1: it's hot here. You're Gotta stay hydrated. So yeah, but but Crackdown,
0: <laughs> Crackdown was so it was a great sandbox, you know. But it was a two D sandbox. Everything was kind of at ground level, you know. Um, and well, you what I want really wanted to do with I, yeah, <laughs> so I wanted to level, platform, it was mean?
2: a ground level.
0: It was a platformer, right? Yeah, yeah, so nice. so really, what it was was Crackdown was more of a well. There's two things I want to achieve with that. One was could we make a, a freeform platformer essentially so it just it just made the world that much bigger because now you had all the vertical aspect of the world as well as just you know the streets down at ground level such as you know in GTA so it was like how do we how do we you know kind of like push the player up the way and that was actually I have to say a huge challenge right the when we did the early play tests right it was like people were so ingrained in just well, it, I just drive around in cars, like in GTA, right? And I get guns and I shoot, blah blah blah. And I kept saying, no, but you don't realize it's a platform. You can go up the way, right? You can yeah, go you all can the run, rooftops and yeah, explore what's yeah. up the way. You jump and everything. And yeah, but people just weren't doing it. It just, it just didn't click. A simple thing, you know. It's like, shit. How do we make them realize that? You know, there's, there's a whole platform here, and you can, you know, you really can be, get superhuman abilities and start to really have um, you know, amazing leaps and everything. Go across the rooftop chases. So that's why we came up with the idea for the orbs and gave them that sound. It was like, well, if you we could just make them start to hunt these orbs and make sure there was a really good you know, reward system for it. So, so the orbs were exactly that. The classic Crackdown orbs were really just a way to say to people, go up. Don't just think yeah. about this as a city. You need to start going up. So, so that's what that was.
2: Yeah, that was also pretty Smart. defining. Like, uh, I think Arkham and Infamous, I don't know if you played Infamous, Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was so. Those games yeah, I kind of were inspired so, by Crackdown words. as well, and it
0: was also the first time I loved role-playing games. I'd never done a game with progression, like a character progression system. So, I didn't want to go super heavy with like a you know console game, but the um, what we called skills for kills is effectively what I did with Crackdown. So you know, it really was play the game you want the way you want, and we will give you character progression. You know, so we had the vehicle progression, the cars morphed, depending on how you know, how much driving you'd done or the more orbs you collected, the you know, we we empowered your character to jump further, you know, that kind of stuff. Um if if you just melee'd other characters consistently, you know, if we, we we upped your your melee strength and stuff. So it was the first kind of character progression game I did as well. So on a light scale, not like a deep RPG, but it had some progression.
1: We jumped around a little bit there. Yeah, we
2: did. Yeah. I started with <laughs> Crackdown, and I ended with Crackdown. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's one of my favorite games. I love it. Have you, what about the sequel? There was a sequel, right? With, yeah, so there was... So there was else, right? That was
0: someone else. So what happened there was... Um, I thought Crackdown was... I mean, Crackdown was probably received better than Microsoft thought, right? It was... It was I mean it didn't have the production value say gta but i think it brought enough new mechanics to the table that it actually really resonated with players Mo- you know and, and microsoft were quite surprised you know, how well it resonated even um it was kind of more of a sleeper hit than anything else but i mean it definitely did really well reviewed really well people loved it but then microsoft wanted to do a sequel but they wanted it done and i think we've talked about this in the past um it was classic microsoft back at that point the the they, they wanted like a 1.5 done or something. They, that's how they called it, a 1.5 rather than a full 2.0 because they yeah, wanted to get some, you know, something out yeah. quicker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we got, right. we
1: got a new console coming out. Can we just do like a 1.5? <laughs> yeah. I see, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that was... You, see, you could have been in the room there.
0: You, could, you were channeling your inner Microsoft right there. Right? I was
1: I was in one of those rooms. Not that one, but uh-huh. a similar one. <laughs> okay.
0: So I, I was like, no. No, sorry. I I think it deserves better than that. You know, I'm not I'm not going to do that. You know, I said if we're going to do it. You're going to do it right. You can't you can't do 1.5 these days. But they said no, and I said no. So we 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 kind of went our separate ways. And they did the 1.5, and it, it it didn't really resonate. You know. So wait, were you okay with that? Like that was kind of was that a baby of yours? It was or- a baby, and I wasn't okay with it. But at the end of the day, you know, I was I I, I knew it wasn't going to work, right? It's like I, I knew it deserved more than that. Um. So I wasn't okay with it, but it had to be. You know, it is what it is. So you know, went off to do something else, and then you know, crackdown two came along with a you know a studio in Dundee that I just formed. You know, to to do that, and it was okay, but it you know it, it wasn't it wasn't the game the players wanted. So it's a bit of a shame.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes. Sometimes the the money flows through mm-hmm. the business, which makes a decision which is for the business before it's for the yep. players. You know,
0: for the players. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So sometimes I have Yeah, Yeah.
1: I missed I'm gonna admit, I missed Cloud Gin. I missed it. Right. Okay. What is it? Well <laughs> so <laughs>
0: so so what it was, was um I did I did another game, a game that did not go down well, um, for, for various reasons, which is a whole other podcast probably called APB. Which was I, I really APB? wanted to uh,
1: yeah, I remember yeah. you sh- I remember you showing me all the tech behind that was yes. super cool. It
0: it was. That's right. All the customization, the character customization yeah. tech and it was
1: it was kind of I think I did it too early. I mean a little before it's time, right? It's like Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was I mean it was 100 players, right? Kind of like VR for example, 100 player, mm-hmm. amazing character customization, yeah. cops and robbers, you know. But the difficulty was it was at a time when online gaming required your own dedicated servers, right? So it was super expensive, you know, in terms of we had to have data centers, you had to have our own hardware in those data centers. You kind of had to try and forecast how big your game was going to be because mm-hmm. launch problems in online games, as you know, you know, can make or break a game, you know. So it was like it was just we were doing so much that was so difficult with that game, which is a shame because I. The tech behind it, I think, was outstanding in yeah. terms of what was This, this built. was
1: before like Amazon was offering up like fractional scalable, you know, right. data centers. So you yeah. had to fund that whole like, yep. set that all up. Like that's yes. crazy. Yeah, what year is it, it is. 2012,
2: 2012. Uh,
1: This was 2010. Yeah, 2010
0: yeah. was okay. when the game launched. Yeah.
1: For those that don't know, Dave, like, what is that lift like? How like how many like the math is basically you have a game and one computer in the cloud can support x number of players yeah and then if you expect to have y number of players and you, you divide that by x and you need that many computers right set up you somewhere physically exactly up. attached to the yep. internet correct and therein lies the expense right cuz if that number goes down then you got all these computers that are
2: which you paid yep. for and you're not and now, using. It. Pay for them. And now they're simulated, right? So now it's one mega computer that simulates all these little. Computers. That's right.
0: Instances. Yeah, you can fire hot instances yeah. up But within seconds. You can fire up an, an Amazon you know instance and only pay for the time it's spun up, right? And then it goes back into a pool yeah. and everything. So, whereas you know, yeah. yeah, we were in a rock and a hard place where it's like, do you do you bank for low numbers, keep your cost down, but then everybody's queuing to get in, and latency is an issue because everybody's hammering you. Know? Right. It's it was. It was a really tough time. I was but I loved online gaming and I just wanted to try and make sure, you know, let's 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 try it, you know, let's see if we can make it work. But alas, it you know, it, it was not to be. Uh, but funny enough the game's still running. It's kind of, it's kinda kind of a weird one, oh, you know. Cool. It's like Yeah, it is. It's it's still running, it has a hardcore, you know, fan base and stuff. And and oh, these that's days it is cool. on Yeah, it's it is on Amazon instances and everything, you know. So um, the company that bought it, you know, eventually, you know, managed, and, and they took it free to play, which was a, which another thing mm-hmm. I wanted to do, but it was kind of early. We'd done a deal with EA to publish it. And I remember, and free to play was just about taking off. And I was like, we should do it. We should just give it away, right? Because um, that way there's, no exp- there's less expectations on things like, you know, if i got a queue to get and it, it's like, well, it's free, right? I mean, there, w- there was loads of discussions, as you can imagine, like going on in the background, a lot of things to balance, but yeah, I, I think literally we've been two or three years later with the game, you know, and mm-hmm. we made it free to play, and we could have used you know cloud instances and stuff, then it, it might have been a different story. But what that's then what kind of sparked the whole CloudGen thing, was like, well, okay, you know, now there's huge possibilities with instant servers and everything. So that's kind of a few ex-colleagues from, from real-time worlds wanted to then do something you know, based around cloud tech, and that, that's why we founded CloudGen what was to do that
2: and so that was a technology company mm-hmm. so how did world of warcraft do it then did they do what you were saying alex like before that when it was not instances oh wow
1: was, well, was spending all the blizzard money on on computers computers yeah that's amazing
0: no problem easy peasy but that launch was rough i remember that launch you know i remember queuing yeah, for right. many 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 hours you know but um but yeah so they, they went through a similar thing CloudGym was doing some cool tech. I'm a big fan of physics in games. I love physics. I I always love the you know the thing that physics is the next graphics in terms of once we can do really advanced physics in a game, it just just for me it just it will just push for the next generation of gaming, right? Because because most game modes are still not very physical, you know. It's it's most of our power is still about you know rendering and you know game logic and simulation, but really really cool physics is really hard to do because it's so computationally expensive Um, and then secondly if you want to do it multiplayer it's like an n cube problem because then not only is it computationally expensive you try to have to synchronize the world simulation against around multiple Mm -hmm. players so what cloudian did which is very very simple we did math in the cloud simple as that all the math was done in the cloud and we did an amazing demo. It was shown at um, Gamescom, I think, in around about 2015. We did a multiplayer demo for a new crackdown with Microsoft to see what their action was. and it was like, I think 16 players, all in a, in a multiplayer environment, taking down this huge skyscraper. It was like you know 80 stories high. but the whole skyscraper was you know rigid bodies dynamically structured you know in terms of the computational side of it. You could literally take out, you know, the steel girders at the base and, you know, the, uh, the foundations and eventually the whole thing would creak and, and then topple. Huh. But cool. in, in a way that was super realistic. So yeah. it, was it was like, all no, models, you could, like the, all, yeah, all yeah, big so physics model, all, all big physics model. You really, really, you know, every piece of glass could be shattered, you know. So it was very, very, very cool. Um, was the game streamed too? Uh, no, it was, it was only streaming the math. That's oh, all it was doing. It, huh. yeah. it was okay. purely straight the result of the math. Because this is the other thing, right? You can't send a lot of data back because it yeah. still had to be like you know most players were on like a 64 k bit or something, you know. So, so the great thing about math is the equation is like very simple in terms of his equation. It takes a shit ton of compute power to solve that equation, but the result is very very small to send back. <laughs> you know, and 14. exactly. That's it. That's it. <laughs> So actually, math in the cloud is actually it's it, it was uh yeah it was it, it was it was cool a really idea. really interesting thing yeah' that is super that. smart
2: yeah
0: yeah, so that's that's what we were doing it was it was it was a really, really cool text so that that's when epic said, oh we like we love what you guys are doing you know could you could we acquire and you can come and you know Help Epic effectively. So, so, so wait a second. So Hold on a second. So like, you like yeah.
1: you you some of you guys from Real Time Worlds like had this idea for offloading physics computation to the cloud. You do this demo. Yep. You show it to Microsoft, and then what? A week later, Epic calls you up and buys you. Is that the story? Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> and it's right when Fortnite launches. And tell me they bought I, your company in stock. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, we did, you're absolutely
0: right. We did get some stock and everybody did very well out of it. So it's a very happy okay. ending, yes. Oh, that's
1: <laughs> fucking fantastic. Good for you, Dave. That's amazing. Good for you. Awesome yeah. story. Good for you. Yeah. Yes. I, we've talked about this a little bit uh, in the past about just the concept of hard work. I know that sounds like a silly little pithy thing, but hmm. like if anybody has the impression that you got lucky there, forget about it because this since 1987 you have been working oh yeah <laughs> building creating multiple studios multiple games just incredible stuff and that genius move is is the output of so much hard work that's that's such a great story. I love that. To me, it's like you know, you're you're a craftsman, right? You know, that, that's what
0: it's all about, right? You, you're crafting something, and there's never any shortcuts when you when you need to craft something. It's yeah. not it's not just about making something, right? It's about crafting something, and and if you don't have that mentality, you know, right? It's that's right. Um,
1: yep. Why bother?
2: Hey, wait. How how do you feel about
0: AI now? With that comment? Oh, it's <laughs> it's super interesting, right? I. Yeah. I it is super interesting i mean i've used a tool like i said like any other tool right i mean eventually it's hard to draw the line between you know photoshop doing a a gaussian blur is that that's computation right i I would never do that manually right (laughs) so it's like where where do you draw the line between when ai starts and just computational power stops it's like and I'm a big thing in any, any kind of technology that pushes gaming. I love, I've always, I've always loved the making games. I've always loved the technology side of games as well, right? Being brought up from the very early days, you know? So for me, it's like, if there's creative things we can do that just help us push forward, like a new gaming experience, then, then I'm all over it, you know? I, I really am. So yeah, I'm I'm super excited by you know I don't really know enough about it. I mean, like a lot of things, there's definitely a bit of I think smoke and mirrors a little bit, you know. Right? So I'm also a bit of a jaded dev when you say yeah, I've seen these things before. <laughs> <laughs> Under the hood, I'm really, really not sure about you know just just how smart this stuff is being. But I mean there is definitely a lot of smart stuff going on and i'm just i'm excited to see you know creatively what opportunities that you know brings to the table for guys like us
1: i think that's a that's a great perspective it's a great perspective until until the ai's fly the drones
2: over and <laughs> bomb us all yeah but you guys uh... you guys made it so everyone feels sorry for the ai's <laughs> right what? that's true right no, you're, yeah. you're the, you're <laughs> the bad the, guy right yeah the civilians they're ais right and you're you feel bad for kid I mean, but they're not that's real people. true
1: the ai they, they're just running their compute man yeah what are you doing right. we're the that's ones right. with the bad intentions <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> that's funny all right well so you must have had a fun time wild ride interesting experience being at Epic for those years when Fortnite launched and grew.
0: Oh yeah, and it's funny. I never. I know Mark and Tim from you know way 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 back. Once again, we met we met in London, for example. You know, way back, like I said. I think I think Mark and I when I was doing Lemmings, actually, he was he was super keen on what we were doing creatively. You know, because they saw themselves more of a tech company. And a funny story, and Mark has it up on it. We almost merged DMA and Epic back in nineteen. 19- oh my gosh. 93 I think we have a signed letter of intent and oh my god, and in a parallel universe epic would have owned gta oh, wow. um, <laughs> <laughs> um so that's wow. how far we go back you know and, and and we've been friends so and we've always wanted to work together you know so this was just everything aligned in terms of you know oh dave we love this company you helped start and this stuff and we just and I remember seeing, you know, the original Fortnite in development, you know, when I used to visit those guys, you know, the Save the World one, the original one, not the BR one. Yeah. Um, right. And I always thought it was great to see, because that was very different, you know, and it's Epic trying something different.
2: Oh, I remember that. That was the Zombies, yeah, save, right? Save the it was zombies. right? Yeah, Save the World. That's right. Still
0: had the building and everything, but it was yeah. like a four-player co-op game with the Zombies. Uh, and so that was interesting. And, you know, they just, they just launched BR when they acquired our company as well, and Mark said this thing's, I think this thing's going to take off, you know, and this is why we want to acquire you guys, we're just going to need help, so I think it was just, it was just a really interesting, you know, watching that, because it also caught me by you know, you think you know gaming, right, you look at games, and to what you're saying earlier, you know, Alex, about, you know, do you really know it's going to become a big hit, right, and for me, the crazy thing about BR was it did not have the classic ingredients to be a huge hit, Right, because here was a PvP only game, right, with no progression, right, and hardcore PvP because ninety-nine people were about to lose, right, within That's twenty true. minutes, and only one and only one person is <laughs> going to win, right. So That's when right. you put all of that on paper, right, yeah. and you look at it through and a that classic line, wi- winner had
1: to invest an hour, and an hour it, to get that win. Correct,
0: that's right, right?
1: Yeah. So, on paper, right,
0: you look at that and think, this game is never, sorry, but a PvP-only game, right? No PvP whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, and what's your long-term loop, you know, every game to game? Oh, nothing. It's like, nah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, pa- pass. Pass, pass, right? Publisher, pass, yeah. right? You guys are crazy. <laughs> never going to work, right? So... Again, I love the fact this industry always surprises us, right? Just when you think you've got a good grasp on things, right, something comes That's from right. left of center. And I think Fortnite BR was absolutely, you know, one of those lightning in a bottle things, you know. So
1: yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I fo- again. I follow fo- uh, Donald Mustard on on Twitter mm. because mm-hmm. Infinity Blade back when that came out for yeah back in you know, on, iOS. IOS yeah and yeah. yeah and when Fortnite released um, I. I watched the the journey through his social posts from mm-hmm. oh this streamer has this many views oh my gosh oh mm-hmm. this many people are playing oh my gosh we just did a a concert with this famous person it's like you know and it just it, yeah. it kept go like is there nowhere this game can't <laughs> this go you know go. it was and everywhere it's, you know yeah, it's yeah like and now an, you could insane
2: like YouTube now you know it's like people can make their own games yeah. That's what I well, mean. Yeah, that's what
1: Aaron yeah. and I are doing. We're making yeah. games for for Fortnite now. So yeah, and that's pr- primarily what it's I insane. worked
0: on as was well was you know the uh, whole you know um, Fortnite creative. You know yeah. that's that's kind of was was the ball that landed in my my court a little bit. You know, so it was uh, yeah, getting getting players to start creating UGC. You know, in, in in any game to me is just adds massive longevity and you know engagement. So you know it's yeah. great to see they embrace that so much
1: super cool so what's next for you are you taking a break you have you you're gonna you, you're gonna work on ai you're gonna you got new, new game <laughs> ideas
0: uh i'm taking a break you know so like i say you know i had to spend five years in the u.s so that was that was pretty crazy so it's just good to be back home you know visit catch up with everybody it's like gta
2: it's like GTA. yeah was there some interesting <laughs> culture
1: shock for you was this the first time you lived
2: in the u.s it was hey wait hold on what city Too? rally was it just rally rally north carolina oh, okay. yeah yeah
0: so i i had no perspective on anything yeah so it was well it was kind of weird though right because i mean i got there and you know half later we were all sent home because of covid so it was like oh, oh. Mm. it was like that's unlucky timing yeah. right there right so <laughs> However, on the flip side, you know, the weather was nice and we just built a pool. So I was like, okay, I can can do my (laughs) meetings from poolside, right? So rather than being in Scotland where it's always damp and drizzly and raining (laughs) like it's out my window now, you know. So it's like, well, we're going to be stuck anywhere. This is a good place to be stuck. So it was a bit of a mixed
1: bag because of that. But it was good. Uh, Yeah. Dave, thanks for spending an hour with us. It went by like... Oh, that like flew in, by actually. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, it so yeah, much went really by to talk in a second. Yeah. It's such a great story. Great catching up with you. Great to see you. Uh, and you. We gotta we gotta go hang out sometime.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love. Yeah, well, actually, what you're doing right now, we need to chat about because that looks really interesting. So,
1: yeah, very <laughs> yeah. close to what I've been we working on in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. sure you could tell us a thing or two. Uh, that would be I'm fantastic. sure I could. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much,
2: and yeah, uh, I'm see.
1: sure we'll see you around. Thanks, thanks Aaron. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, great. Thank you. Cheers. Well, how great to catch up with David Jones and, and hear about his formative years in Scotland.
2: Yeah, in a town where everyone had a computer. That's crazy. That's awesome. You in know, the 70s that I, or 80s yeah, 70s the eighties.
1: Yeah, I thought that was that was really interesting how the BBC made a computer.
2: Yeah. That's crazy, right? That's And like-
1: so computers were like super popular in the UK. I, I wonder if that's why there's so many game developers kind of grew up in the UK. You know, smaller country, but just a lot of game devs, you know, sy- no, yeah, we're talking yeah, about it within like Cygnosis and Peter Molyneux, you know, Bullfrog and DMA and
2: very influential game developers, especially. Yeah. Like not copycats, yeah. right? You know how No those, real real creativity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pushing pushing it to the next level. Like even the games he worked on, like Lemmings was incredibly influential. Grand Theft Auto was a Oh gosh, a, yeah. An industry,
1: industry-defining, industry changer. We, not I mean, only that,
2: king. It's at the top. Like it's not just a definer. Usually, the definer kind of they. It's, I, it's the most sold game ever, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Yeah, I think it's four is the most sold ever, or four, is it three? Four or might, five? Which is is five the one it might that be five. most recent? It's one. They yeah. all sold a bajillion. But
1: that think. franchise, oh my gosh! I mean. I wonder, is that bigger than Mario? Is Grand Theft Auto bigger than Mario? We should know this, shouldn't we?
2: Why don't we make that like a question for the Discord?
1: Okay, let's try this. Is Grand Theft Auto more popular than Mario? Dude,
2: don't talk to your daughter like that. Here's what I found. No, <laughs> no, this is my watch. <laughs> it's my watch. Oh, wow. Nobody can see. What does it say?
1: Grand Theft Auto 5 just surpassed Super Mario Brothers. What? According to Reddit. Do you believe Reddit? Eh,
2: I, that's not true. I, I Reddit's bet. 50-50. They're like 50-50. You believe it? Well, I
1: don't not necessarily believe Reddit, but I believe that that's true. <laughs> I thought it was interesting when he brought up that ratings, game ratings, were a result of Grand Theft Auto. That was my
2: favorite part of the conversation, actually. That that and and then right after we hung up, you said something that was related to that. And I was like, dude, stop talking. Let's talk about it later when we record. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like... Man, that's insane! Like no one, no one connects those things, right? Like I, you know, like the comics code and the rate, like the PG, the PG, the 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 film rating, like just ratings in general. Like the fact that we need them is a really interesting concept, right? Like, cause games always, it's like cartoons, right? Like, or just the medium, right? It's yeah, always connected to like kids. Yeah, that's right. Know? That's
1: right. And it kind of, and it's so interesting. You know what's interesting is like our industry is young enough that for the longest time there was a Uh, like a a cohort of people who grew up playing games. But then if you look to their parents' generation, they didn't grow up playing games because video games didn't exist for them. So like my parents' generation, you know? So there wasn't that level of understanding or familiarity, empathy, whatever, with the medium. And so I think it was assumed that these things are for kids. That's why I haven't played them, because these things are for kids. Mm -hmm. But as that generation got older... And like David started making, they started making games, and he wanted to make stuff that was fun, and that was cool, and it's much more fun to play the bad guys than the good guys, um, in his words. Uh,
2: and that's not uh, true because I like Crackdown, and I was a good guy in Crackdown. Well, whatever. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which is another then, game um, of his, by the way. Which
1: yes, another. Generation. I think that surprised that older. Gen- so like Senator Lieberman, who was like,
2: "We got to ban the video
1: games." I think was like a reaction born out of a lack of familiarity with the medium and an understanding that video games can be for everyone, but sometimes there's content you know there's games there's grand theft autos yeah. not for
2: everyone it's not but it's funny though there's lines so
1: ratings are, you know I think ratings are good ratings are super good because it's it's R- an indication and a and a, a it's help for a parent or somebody else you know to sort of have an understanding of what's in the box the other thing that we were talking about that I think you were trying to remember was the parental advisory sticker on you know
2: on the music that the bad lyrics oh that's right, right. They're the, they're the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and those but we talked about how that was actually yeah, more yeah of that, like that was marketing inclusion. you probably want to listen to yeah. this <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so what I really enjoyed about it was that there's this this medium, then there's this, like, you can actually take a medium to a potentially... There is a fence that we as a culture realize there is, and then we, people don't like fences as, you know, but there's a fence there, and it's like, well, okay, we got to let people know. It's like the movies, right? That's PG. There's all these fences. There's, like, and the fences have, like, this height, and it's, like, rated r and then triple x or whatever and then at you know at the bottom it's like e is e right or g g G. like they don't even make g rated movies anymore do they remember that Hmm. g was like no to the max which is probably a pg if you think about it (laughs) like that movie (laughs) is pretty scary but you know what i'm saying like there's these fences and it made me it made me think like they realize there's these fences why were the fences there in the first place? And is there a limit to these fences, right? Like, can Grand Theft Auto go too far? And it did. Wasn't there like a a hot coffee mod or something that came out or something? Oh that? yeah, that was yeah. a big deal. We didn't talk about that with him. We should ask him. About it. But that like that crossed the line and it caused problems. I don't know. I, I like I like that concept that we put these fences up and that we we put people in those corrals and and there's reasons. Some of them are like, oh. ethical, and yeah, like children, right, are in this group. Oh, age, group okay, behind this fence, and and they, that game brought that they brought like it didn't exist, dude, and then it existed, like, but it was there <laughs> all the time, and then you know what I'm saying? Whoa, 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 and, and, and,
1: whoa, whoa. hold on, hold on a second. That's that? that deep. What? Do, what do you mean?
2: Well, he knew that, like, yeah, probably kids shouldn't be playing this. Like, they knew this. Like he mentioned, uh, right? It, you know, yeah, right, so right, it's right. like they kind of all had the fence. But there wasn't like a fence in the culture. That, okay, yeah, there wasn't right. a
1: mechanism to like actually. Mechanism. Yeah,
2: that's a better word than fence. To
1: communicate that, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but he knew, and is you know he was like the marketing guys were like, yeah, just go do do the thing. We've seen worse, yeah. and he was like, okay. Uh, but he was kind of happy when the ratings happened.
2: It was a fence. It was a guardrail. It was a guardrail, but it also probably sold more games because <laughs> it's like I've, you know what I mean. It's like. I remember reading a lot of articles about like, or not a lot, maybe it was like one, <laughs> but it was pretty big one, <laughs> where, where this guy made his kid stop at every single red light in the game. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Have you Yeah,
1: but then, yeah, it's like,
2: all right, fine, I'm not playing, this is dumb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the other one was, this. Uh, it wasn't the, the same, I don't think it was the same dad, but like, another father was making their son play call of duty and they couldn't break the Geneva convention. <laughs> Have you heard about that? Which is really interesting too. It's like, man, you can't play that game like that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't so, know. Yeah. Pretty I interesting stuff though.
1: I guess so. Those are two wise ass parents trying to make a point.
2: <laughs>
1: kind of wonder how, kind of wonder how it played out. It sounds like the kind of thing that I would say, to my kid, Three but minutes. never do. Three minutes. Yeah. You know, and it's <laughs> like, all right, yeah, now I'm
2: done. I can't <laughs> do
1: it. You can play, but you got to stop at every red light. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. You can only dad. fire when fired upon. Like, yeah. I think that's part of the Geneva. <laughs> Next
1: deal we do, I'm bringing my kids
2: to, to negotiate. I mean, they're like all-stars. <laughs> you won't get anything. Like, they don't win. The, the house stays dirty. and what they are you don't, talking about? they don't get
1: the watch. You no, know, exactly. They won. They like, won.
2: Okay yeah but, the, but everybody else living in the house loses dude it's exactly like, yeah. exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly
1: It's there's no win-win yeah, there's exactly. no like everybody's a little upset with the outcome no 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 they no. it's just unilateral 100 percent, they win i lose yeah, yeah. by the way one All other right. thing
2: that he said hold on before you hang up I, I think that like the thing that he talked about the cloud computing thing is do you know if epic's using that i don't know i would imagine they bought
1: it but i don't know you never know maybe you know they might have there might have been other reasons why they did that deal it sounds like they really like dave so maybe that's why they did the, deal. the
2: game did get really good right after <laughs> like they started doing better.
1: <laughs> all right thank you everybody for joining us today for our conversation with dave jones really cool guy i'm glad i got to meet him we appreciate you and we'll see you next time
2: cheers everybody Thank you for listening to the fourth curtain podcast to get a peek at upcoming episodes or to descending questions to the show, visit our site at the fourth and be sure to follow us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening.